This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Welcome to the When to Jump podcast. My name is Mike Lewis. Thanks so much for joining me. This week, we are going back to a uh, early guest from the When to Jump podcast, uh, Manoush Zomorodi. For many of you listeners who have who followed us since uh, day one, you'll remember Manoush from early October 2017. She joined the show to talk about a book she had written that was coming out called From Bored to Brilliant. She talked about why being bored can be helpful in making your jump happen, especially in those early stages where we hear from so many people about not knowing where to begin. We are bringing Manoush back on the show because she jumped. At the time of the recording last year, she was at WNYC. She was the host of a very popular podcast called Note to Self. Since then, Manoush took a massive jump of her own, which she joins us on the show today to talk about. So without further ado, let's bring it to Manoush. Manoush Zomorodi, welcome back to the When to Jump podcast. Mike, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Of course. So it's a, a little bit of a meta situation here because I was <laughs> I was jumping into starting a podcast. You were, I believe, my second interview way back That's when right. over over a year ago. We're now over 50 episodes in. And Wow. Yeah, which is crazy, right? How's it going? You know, and I'm not just saying this. I wish they were all as easy as our interviews, <laughs> because <laughs> I think I think I'm learning a lot. I think they're great. I think that uh, when you have someone like you who's who's you know in the podcast world and 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 more broadly good at having conversations and being honest, they go really well. So I think I've had you know a handful of minutiae and then others where it's been um, a work in progress and a learning experience but overall I'm really excited with how we've uh, yeah. capped off year 1 cool that's great and I'm sure you're getting better and better at hosting and those people have gone on to be better at giving interviews so everybody wins <laughs> exactly exactly but I want to talk about you because you uh, came on the show a year ago right as we kicked off describing the jumps that led you to WNYC and and to note to self and to all the things you were doing, your book was coming out. Um, I'd love to give maybe the listeners just a quick snapshot of what life looked like then and then spend the, the time we have talking about the jump you've made since then. Yeah, so uh, I am a journalist by trade. Um, and for the last, uh, about five years ago, I founded or created a podcast called Note to Self, which was really about how technology is profoundly changing us as human beings um, and I ended up writing a book based on one of the interactive projects we did with our listeners about changing our digital habits, reclaiming boredom in our life, uh, because we did some really interesting research into how boredom actually is not a bad thing. Uh, in any case, the book was called Bored and Brilliant. And yeah, when we last spoke, I just got on book tour. Uh, the show was doing great. Um, and all was good. And then my executive producer and I, about six months after we spoke, decided to leave our jobs. We quit uh, WNYC and went to form our own company. Um, and we are called Stable Genius Productions. Don't laugh. 
Um, and we've been doing a new podcast called Zigzag. And Zigzag really is a, a weird meta documentary um, looking at a, numerous things. One, uh, why we decided to leave. Two, what sort of impact that has had on us financially and emotionally, because it's hard being an entrepreneur. Um, but also, we're looking at how different models uh, for journalism and how technology is changing the way that we get information and changing the way that we exist in society. So uh, the, the tagline for ZigZag is um, changing the course of capitalism, journalism, and women's lives. So, so you know, just a, like a couple things, little, little topics that we're touching on, Mike. Nothing big. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say with that tagline, how do you wake up in the day and not be really scared about promising or delivering <laughs> on that promise? Well, I think for me, it's always been about uh, you don't have to speak platitudes or make, you know, or, or, or do something – radical to make a profound change in your own life or someone else's life. Um, as simple as putting down your phone for, phone for 15 minutes and getting bored, we discovered, was actually uh, makes a really big difference <laughs> in terms of your creativity and problem solving and personal relationships. And I think when it comes to the capitalism, journalism, and women's lives part, um, you know, simply allowing or simply uh, inviting our listeners to uh, to join us in, as we have conversations about can you have a creative partnership between two founders um, without wanting to kill each other and also be able to pay your bills. Little things like that, hearing other people have these conversations helps people realize, you know, th- these are big questions for anyone. It doesn't have to be like, um, you know, creating a new political party or something, um, simply being more transparent and open about some of the challenges that we face makes a big difference. Having said that, we do tackle a very big topic on the show, which is blockchain technology, because we uh, joined actually a very unusual startup that wants to use this new technology to create new business models for journalism. And we didn't even know what the heck blockchain was. So we spend a lot of time on the show trying to explain, uh, again, to ourselves and also our listeners, what the heck blockchain is, how it works, and why people do think it it may fundamentally change um, democracy and uh, and capitalism and all kinds of things. I mean, it's really bleeding edge tech that I find incredibly fascinating, but it's it's tough to explain. So we even use a song to explain something. Wow. Under, yeah, uh, put it to bring, music. I don't think there's anything you're not doing on this podcast, uh, it sounds like. <laughs> well, I'm sure uh, our critics would beg to differ, but we have – uh, and I'm grateful for it, a very loyal and invested audience who, um, you know, it really feels like we've built a community very quickly. I think they also appreciate the fact that it's terrifying living your life out loud like this. But um, for us, it was like an incredible opportunity um, to document joining this weirdo startup, to document our fears and hopes as we got into building a business for the first time Um that, you know, emotion and risk always make for good podcast content. So uh, the drama keeps them coming back. But we have gotten a lot of emails from people being like, we're terrified for you. And I'm like, thank you. We're okay for now. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I, there's a couple of things I want to tackle. You know, one would be, I guess, the purpose of this show, which you touched on. But I think before that, 
I want to bring it back to the experience I had meeting you and doing the interview. And for mm. those who have followed our show, they know you were you were you know right off the bat one of our first interviews. It went super well. We had a lot of a, you know great response rate. But more than that, I it was the first interview I'd ever done walking into kind of the. Uh, the interviewees turf. I went into WNYC. You had your digs. You were the kind of the top dog in my mind. We sat down. We had <laughs> these big these big microphones come down from the ceiling, and we we kind of hung out. And it was like for me, I looked across the table, and I was like, "This woman has made it." And <laughs> and, and that and like I don't say that to flatter you, but I say that because I remember I had you know. I brought like an iced coffee. I felt like this was my little treat. I got to be in like the presence of someone who had figured out their jump because all we did, and, and I encourage listeners to go listen to that episode, was was talk about how crazy your life was to get to that point. Yeah. And then yeah. you and then and then like now, like to get have you back on and hearing you leave that place of what seemed like to me being like the top to go do your own thing with all of these clearly defined risks and scary things you mentioned. You know, my question, and maybe the audience is wondering this too, is, is you know, why? Yeah, no, and that's a really good question. And I think um, there were some very fundamental things that happened very soon after we spoke, uh, Mike, which was one was the Me Too movement, which uh, in the media industry was extremely profound in terms of women rethinking the very way that a lot of the organizations that they were part of or the people who were in charge of their careers um, questioning it. And although I did not have a specific incident, um, it really uh, was very disturbing and troubling, and it really made me want to have control over – to have professional freedom. Um, The other two things that happened were uh, that a philanthropist came to me and said, I don't understand why your message about ethical technology isn't bigger uh, and we're interested in funding you. Um, And then the third was, bizarrely, the Cambridge Analytica revelations, which um, when that happened and the concept of what some of the tech companies were doing in terms of not respecting uh, their users' privacy um, and also playing pretty loosey-goosey with our data and, and, um, and fundamentally disrespecting their customers, uh, when that story went big, I felt very vindicated. I felt um, that, you know, as someone who's always questioning what she's doing, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Not cool like Cambridge Analytica that that happened, but cool. Like I've been on the right track. Like this is a thing. This is a problem. Um, and so I really just felt like emboldened that it was time to to really um, go deeper on all of this. Uh, and so, so yeah. So, but then, of course, we we – the first funding fell through. So that was um, scary. Um, But in the end, um, this company, Civil, came to us and said, we are trying to create this sustainable marketplace for journalists. um, And we actually have grant money and we'd like to recruit you. Um, And so they kind of were our, uh, came to our rescue a little bit. And at least that was, it was a small amount of money, but enough for us to, um, to pay, you know, pay the rent and um, and get up and running, um, not really pay salaries, but at least get up and running. And, and it gave us a vote of confidence that like, OK, we just need to start. We just need to start making stuff. And after we start making stuff, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll just figure it out. Like we had enough confidence in our 
uh, partnership, creative partnership, and that we knew what we were doing, that we figured, um, if not now, never, you know? Right, That's right. what it felt like. It seems like some of these things that pushed your jump were actually, they were less like unhappy at work. And one day after years and years, you decide to like, you know, make a change. But in fact, there was like a catalyst here. And I guess my question to you Mm. on that would be, what do you say to folks, you know, who might not make a jump as big as what you decided to do, but who have felt whether it's politically or whether it's socially or whether it's economically or whatever it may be that has come up in the news. I mean, we live in a crazy world right now and people feel mm-hmm. affected by it and want to do something. How do you take that first step? Because that, I think, is always the hardest. I mean, look, for me, I have saved money. And so I did have a bit of a cushion. Um, and this is a, largely what the first season of ZigZag is about, the fact that I I did have a financial cushion. My co-founder did not And so what she did was actually profoundly more risky in many ways. Um, I did not expect it, Mike. Like this really like like that that sort of perfect storm really surprised me. And I was quite shocked at how I felt um, that I – it was beyond my control. It was as though something was like pushing me out the door and I had no choice in the right. matter. And I, I don't know if you've heard that described before, um, but I have since heard it from other people who are like, yeah, it's like a weird force that like you can't stop thinking about it. You, It's almost like your body might be at work, but your brain is so not there because it's um, it's working really hard on creating an alternative <laughs> reality. Um, it was very – it was almost reassuring in a way that, like, I felt that I didn't have to make the choice because the choice had already been yeah. made by my brain. It was really weird. Um, I've never experienced anything like that before. A fearlessness, a real fearlessness. And I think you can hear that conversation I have with um, Roman Mars who is um, – who sort of at the very beginning, he's a host of 99% Invisible – um, and we sort of had a long conversation with him as a podcast entrepreneur. And he just said, um, actually, try and enjoy this moment because it's later when you have people whose salaries you have to pay and all those other things that that's even scarier. So this this freedom yeah. combined with fear is actually a beautiful thing. I mean, it's hard to do in the moment, but like now I know what he's talking about. Totally. This goes back to the, you know, from board to brilliant piece, but, you know, so much of what we've talked about since then with our community is what do you do when you don't necessarily have that pull? And you described so many of the benefits from, you know, letting yourself be bored. Did that take a, you know, was that involved in your latest jump or have you seen it manifest mm-hmm. in different ways? Because that was such a powerful learning for our community was so many people mm-hmm. saying, where, where do I start? And I would yeah. always refer them to you, your book, your podcast. That's I wonder so if that nice happened to you at all. You. No, of course, because I think that's well, a very important part of it. Yeah. I mean, my impulse before writing the book would have been to like keep calling people, keep asking people what they think, keep blah, 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 you know, getting more information, getting more information. And I think at the end of the day, I know what to do when I'm confused and it's pretty easy. Go for a walk (laughs) and don't listen to music. Don't listen to podcasts. Don't call your mom. Just go for a long, quiet walk. And it has to be long enough that you like your mind just begins to wander and i it's just so it's like a joke 
that me and myself have that I'm like, uh, I'm still thinking about things. And then around about like 25 minute mark, that's when I tend to like trip over into the mind wandering and I start to do the time traveling that we know is associated with the default mode of your brain. And, um, and then you start to like envision what the future looks like and really think through the goals. And it just, it, it just is extraordinary to me how without fail, a long walk is usually the way I figure out a problem, big or small. And so I really tried to, you know, it, I've never been busier in terms of like starting a business, but like I have to make sure I get that time in because otherwise I'm just playing the short game and I'm not looking at the bigger picture. And it's just... Um, it's vital from figuring out your budget to making sure you're taking the right clients. And, and it's hard to say no to something when you're starting out a business because why would you say no to, to actual real money? Someone wants you. But I think it's also really important, and I, I'm sure you've learned this, that when you are starting something new, that you this is your time to define what you're all about, mm-hmm. uh, not let other people define it for you. And um, and so it requires making some painful and, and hard choices and saying maybe no to things that you might regret later, but probably not. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, as we, as we wrap up here, I, I'd love to know, you know, as uh, as you think of your jump, not just in the short term, but like in the kind of the the long term, the impact you hope to make, you know, Fast forward to another year from now, and we have you on the show again. What do you What do you hope you'll accomplish? Maybe just personally, mm-hmm. it can be professionally in this latest jump, and and maybe what could you tell others, you know, to think about as they as they embark on on a risky journey or consider embarking on a risky journey like you're taking. I am still working on the bigger vision for what Jen and I are doing with Stable Genius, um, but a year from now, I hope that that. You know, and I'm allowing myself to be in this phase where we're figuring it out, right? Like I'm not trying to rush that because I think these things take time. And as someone who is ruthlessly efficient like me, that's really hard to just try and slow down and think it through. Um, So I hope a year from now I'm still as excited and creatively and intellectually satisfied and a little bit less worried about – uh, the money part of it, and I hope that we have hired a couple people who really um, are the right fit and who feel like we are creating a workplace where they are uh, growing and um, and also are challenged. And um, and I also really hope that like this idea, which I see happening, this idea of tech and society, and um, this idea of that technology needs to, <laughs> we need to get tech to do a better job of being a tool rather than a taskmaster in our lives um, that this community like gets together and and really pushes for regulation and um, better design and better digital literacy and schools and all those things. I see it happening and I I think we're on the precipice of something very exciting that I am really thrilled to be part of. I think I'm the story, one of the storytellers in that, that, that new sort of group of people who are working really hard on this. So um, so it's, it's, it feels really, really like, um, like good, you know, it feels good. I hope it still feels good. That's what I can only hope for. I mean, you know, life throws you fastballs, health, not to sound like such a cliche, but it really no, is long. It's like no. the family and the, and the parents and the, as long as everyone's healthy, the rest is gravy. So, um, 
I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. Any final words to jumpers out there listening that Ugh. are maybe not yet at that point, but are, are in the, are, or even are, that are, that are embarking on that journey? Okay, here's my thing. Feeling nauseous is normal. You will feel sick. There are key moments where you feel sick to your stomach. But if you know it's the right thing to do, just get yourself some peanut M&Ms or, I don't know, pretzels or whatever you need or your iced coffee like you had, Mike, and, like, just keep going. It's going to be it, – it won't – you won't feel sick in, like, it, even just a couple days later. It's those – like, I've never experienced, like, key moments where I was like, oh, my God, what are we doing? Right. Um, and now I'm like, of course we did that. You know, of course we did. But at the time, and you can hear it all on tape in Zigzag Season 1, it is raw. And it seems almost ridiculous now, looking back, 2020 hindsight. And it was just like two months ago. But wow. That is so cool. Oh. Yeah. Well, Manoush, thank you for joining. Where can everyone find the podcast and, and subscribe to Zigzag, follow your story, get in on that jump that you're taking in real time? Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Zigzag is the name of the podcast. You can find it wherever you like listening to podcasts. Um, And the website is zigzagpod.com. We have really cool graphics to go with all the um, information in our podcast and links there. And there's a newsletter where we recommend our favorite podcasts. And uh, we will put a shout out to this one. Yeah, please. um, Yeah. and, um, And of course, at zigzagpod on Twitter and Instagram, too. So cool. Well, like I said, you were one of my favorites, one of the early favorites uh, of the When to Jump season one podcast. We're so grateful to have you on and and really appreciate being so honest in that jump. And I I hope we can uh, circle the wagons next year and hear how things are going. And I totally. think that, you know, <laughs> you're, help, you're helping make jumps happen, Manoush. We really appreciate Sweet. all you're doing. Thanks, Mike, for having me. I'll talk to you in about a year, if not sooner. <laughs> yes, sounds great. <laughs> okay, bye. All right, our check back episode and conversation with Manoush Zomorodi, 13 months after her original appearance on the show, is complete. I hope you find that interesting. And I, I must say that that piece that she led with in our first conversation 13 months ago has come up again and again and again since then and, and is evident even in her latest jump that she shared with us today. Uh, you really do have to start with being bored. So I hope all of you listeners are getting a chance to be bored. If you're on the subway, be more bored, maybe even turn us off if only for a few minutes. Uh, if you are commuting home from work some other way, turn that phone on silent. In honor of Manoush, everyone take a few minutes, be bored after this episode. Tell us what you think. You know where to find us at when to jump on social, when to jump.com. Contact us through the website, through social. Tell us how you're being bored, how you're jumping. We love to hear from you and we can't wait to see where your jumps take you. So keep us posted. My name is Mike Lewis. That'll do us for episode 58 with Manoush Samarodi. I will see you next week. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.